Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) So, (laughs) where I lived last night, the power went out. 586 of us were without power for about, I don't know, four hours. If you were there, you experienced it. You survived the blackout of 2021. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be more before it's all said and done. And then when I woke up this morning, I was looking out on the golf course, and I was amazed at how many people want to take a round of golf in before they come to church. Priorities, priorities, priorities. And while we're talking about golf, some of my team have been telling me I should tell jokes, but sometimes they like my jokes, and sometimes they don't like my jokes. Got to put a good golf joke in. I know only two that I can tell. So one's really been around for like 30 years, and one's kind of newer, so I think I'm going to tell the newer one. So listen, um, there was a certain minister, and uh, he decided he wanted to take a Sunday morning off, and he called in and had his associate go in and handle the the services for him, and and he went over to the next town, and he he golfed around 18 holes. Well, on on hole 10, he got a hole in one, and he was so excited, but then he thought about it for a second. Who's he going to tell? You know, I remember I I must have been 13. I went with Jason Zacker out to Roseland. And we were, I don't know, we we only did nine holes with a nine iron and a putter. And I hit the ball my first time ever golfing. (laughs) I couldn't find it until Jason putted out. And he's like, oh, isn't this your ball in the hole? Somehow my ball ended up in the hole. I didn't think anything of it. I wrote one on the score sheet, just like I did when I went to putt-putt. Some years later, like 12 years later, I'm in the Philippines, and I'm going over to this guy's house because he got a hole-in-one, so he was throwing a party, and I'm like, yeah, so what's the big deal? (laughs) How many have you got now, Derek? Two. Enough about golf. Let's get back to church. Today, we're focusing on the life and death series, and we've been talking about, you know, Concepts of life and Christian living, concepts of death, and framing things according to the scriptures. Today's concept is light. I want to read this foundationally. We read John 1, but there's another scripture that goes nicely with that, Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 14. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. The first thing we want to talk about today is salvation, or coming into the light. That's the first thing we want to talk about because your experience with Christ, when you first give your life to him and you repent of your sin, 
and you come into the light, that's when you get born again. That's when your heart changes. You get taken out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. I guess we could say you're coming out of the dark. Thank you, Gloria. <clears throat> Some of you will get that later. Um, in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The light that leads to life. I love that because one of the things that we have to understand is Jesus is the one who comes in and illuminates our life. He's the one that lights everything up for us so that we can see life for what he created us for. He actually illuminates the Father to us. Really, he reveals the Father to us. The Father is revealed through Jesus. And when you can see the Father as a human, right, then we realize, okay, God, you made us. You loved us. You loved us so much you sent the Son to earth to die for us. Isn't that what Jesus did? He restored mankind into relationship with the Father because of sin. Because man sinned. There was a separation. So Jesus came to restore that relationship. He went to a cross. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. <clears throat> Later, he ascended into heaven, and he did it because of God's great love for you. I mean, how many of you have read John 3.16? You see the signs, but do you know what it says? It means that God loves you. He loved you so much, he sent Jesus to die for you. And Jesus, while he was here, revealed God's heart towards humans or he illuminated the father he shined light onto the father so that we could see god and know god really jesus is a manifestation of god's love to humans and i'm going to read first john 4 9 out of young's literal translation i'll read it later out of new living in this was manifested the love of god in us because his son the only begotten hath god sent to the world that we might live through him In John 17, 25 and 26, O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed them to you and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I in them. Wow. Way too much weeds in my lawn yesterday. <laughs> Probably should have took two of those. <laughs> so, Jesus... He was here on earth, and he revealed the Father to the disciples. He revealed the Father to humans, and to this day, he's still revealing the Father to people just like you and me. And God has called everyone to repent of their sin and turn their life over to Christ. God has called you to repent. He's called you to come out of darkness into light. That's the imagery that the Bible gives us. And it's really important that we understand that it's when you're in the light that you're able to see the Father. And that leads us to the next thing. It's light that exposes the darkness in us. And, and there's a word we use in theology called sanctification, but really what I want to talk about is the light of God inside of you is what produces the life of God inside of you. And how many know there's a war going on between your flesh and your spirit? The rest of you? Watch this. Uh, no, I'll come back to that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to John 1. I want to repeat what they read earlier. 
The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God is light, and in him is what? No darkness. So my wife and I have been working on our garden. We've been moving a lot of dirt and planting stuff. And one of the things my wife, she works for the Windsor-Essex Catholic District School Board, and that's kind of her halftime. And then she does like full-time at the church and full-time at home. And, you know, 90 hours later, I love my wife. <clears throat> she truly is a wonder woman in a lot of ways. But she's been working in this. Uh, she brings her students into it. It's called a green industries class. And in the green industries class, she assists them and the teacher, and they, they plant seeds, right? And then they put them under these growing lights. And, and what happens is the growing lights, um, they, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they help the seeds when they're in the ground, and, and they start to mature, and they start to develop. And what happens is uh, if you leave the seeds under the lights long enough, the plants will start to come up out of the ground and grow, something like that. However, there was one tray that she had planted, and they took them out from the lights maybe a little bit earlier than they should have. You know what happened to those plants? They started to wither. That tray didn't do so good. Now, the microgreens that she planted on the other side, those things came in fantastic. I don't know if you've ever had microgreens. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to have to go look it up. But see, when we took the stuff that we planted and put it into the earth with the sun out in the elements, now all of that stuff is starting to grow. Because now you've got God's light, the sun, that he created shining down, right? And, and it warms the soil and all the plants are growing. So the garden's starting to come in nicely. However, it affects my breathing because when you're taking weeds out of the lawn and playing with dirt, uh, that's not fun. Jesus is the word of God. Here's where I'm going with that. Jesus is light. The light reveals the darkness in us. When you spend time in the word of God, it's going to reveal the dark areas of your heart. This is the process we as theology, we call it sanctification. Now, there's this process. You read God's word, it reveals sin. You repent of sin, you forsake sin, and, and then what happens is God sanctifies you. And there's this constant battle going on between your flesh and spirit, as I said a few minutes ago. If you don't believe me about this battle between your flesh and your spirit, this is what I suggest. Give up coffee for the next 40 days and tell me how your flesh does. Give up your internet, your television, your movies, your social media accounts. Give up all those things, your Snapchat, your Instagram, your TikTok and see how your flesh does for the next 40 days. Some of you need to give up your, your food for the next 40 days and see how your flesh does. Don't just tell me how strong your spirit is. Show me. And all that time that you save off of media and eating and other things, put it into prayer like Mitch was talking about. Start praying. Start seeking the Father and watch how strong your spirit gets. Aren't we as Christians supposed to crucify our flesh every day? Dun, dun, dun. Some of you need to give up hot showers for 40 days. Met a lady on the street last night when the power was out. We're all walking down the street. Everyone's outside. It's amazing how many people came outside when there was no power. And she goes, power's off. What am I going to do? I can't take a shower. I can't eat. I'm like, you 
can take a shower. The water is just a little colder than you're used to. Ay, 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 first world problems. The light reveals sin in your heart. The word of God is going to reveal sin inside of us. When we deal with the sin, it's going to produce growth. It's going to produce more life inside of us. If you remove yourself from the light, what happens, just like the, the seeds that came out of the light a little bit too soon, you start to fall back into sin, which produces death. Do you understand this? It's the light of God that shines on our light through his word, our life through his word, that starts producing the life of God inside of us. This is where growth takes place in our life. You have to immerse yourself in the word. And then there's a process that takes place of sanctification. In John 9, 5, Jesus says, But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. In 1 John 1, 5 to 7, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The light from Jesus causes you to live in the light, and it causes you to live right. It's the best I can do on that. <laughs> Jesus' light is what produces right living. You know, some of you probably need to go back into the beginning of the book of Matthew and read through the Beatitudes because this is how God wants us to live. He tells us how to live life in the light. He tells us through his word how he wants us to live and interact with people, how he wants us to, in one point it says to live and move and have our being in him. And this is how we, this is how we overcome sin by living in the light. Which leads me to eternal life, where we're going to live forever in the light. See, when you come to Christ, you come out of the darkness into the light. You get born again. God changes you from the inside out. He lights you. After that, there's a process that you stay in as long as you're alive. And that's where the word of God exposes the darkness in your life, and you start repenting and forsaking the sin, and you start producing more life. And as you produce more life in your life, you're going to affect others more. You know, I'll be honest. I was quite encouraged this week that some people responded to our call as we want to start reaching out to the prisons. I believe it's biblical. The Bible says, I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. It's pretty clear when Jesus is talking what he expects us to do as Christians. And there's some people right now, and I'm going to come back to this, maybe a communion, you're a little bit discouraged right now, you're a little bit distracted, you're a little bit down, you're not real excited about your faith, you're losing hope. And I believe that the Spirit of God's telling you, you need to get up and you need to activate yourself serving people. Because you were not created to sit here and consume, you were created to be on earth to be a producer you were created to produce righteousness and what happens is if God has transformed your heart then your light should be shining forth to others and you should be a blessing to the people that you meet so I'll challenge you 
if you're not really actively serving others in your faith, you need to get off your backside and you need to stand up and you need to start activating some faith in a direction that God is leading you. And maybe prison ministry isn't for you, that's okay. You can go and feed the hungry. You can go and, and, and make clothing for people. You can go and share love to people. There's many ways that we can do this. But God has put it on all of us as Christians to take the light that he's put in us and take it out to the dark places of the world. If you don't go out into the dark places of the culture, how are we ever going to influence people into the kingdom of God? How are we ever going to present them with the truth from the gospel? You know, I know for a fact that they could use more drivers over at the WLO across the parking lot. I know for a fact they could use some drivers to go pick up food and deliver it to all the food banks so people can eat. I know for a fact they could use probably three or four people that could come in and sort clothes and wash them and stuff so that they could reactivate that portion of what they're trying to do. But what happens is any organization, whether local church, whether someone connected to us that's feeding the poor, they can only be as effective as the resources in people, time, energy, money that are available to them. But so many times we want all of the resources to be for us. It's all about me. I have to have my new boat and my new car and my new truck and my big house and this and that and other things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But if you have those things and you're not feeding the poor and visiting people in prison and reaching out to your community, we have to look at our priorities. Dun, dun, dun. See, we're talking about living in the light. We want to live forever with Jesus. We want to live forever in the light of Jesus. I mean, I've heard it said in heaven, you don't need a son because the son of God is there and he is light. He'll illuminate the whole city. But you know, there's some other verses in there that I'm not going to even go into right now. But they talk about things like, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? And he says, get away, I didn't know you. Why? Foundationally, they didn't even have a relationship with him and they didn't spend any time in his word and in prayer. And secondly, anything that they did do for him was only for show. So they could look good. Their motive wasn't even where it was supposed to be, to serve. Is your motive to show off, look at how great I am, or is your motive to serve others even if no one ever sees you? even if you don't get the attaboy or the pat on the back. And I think that's where the difference is between people serving Jesus because they love Jesus and people that are just performing. First John 4, 9, I told you I'd read it again, New Living. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have, what's that, eternal life through him. You know, as I, as I was meditating on this, my, my mind went back to um, a poem by a guy named uh, Dylan Thomas, or Dylan Thomas. And he said, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the, night, the light. And he wrote that poem because his, his father was dying, and he talked about, I don't know, four or five different people at the end of life. And his only conclusion, this man without hope, was that death is the end, so fight against death. 
fight with everything in you and then die with dignity, you know? And, and for me, I understand that we need to fight against death. We shouldn't just die because we want to die. We die when our time is up. But we serve the God of life. And I feel like for us, physical death is just a graduation to the real life that is to come. Because this is, remember, our temporary life. This is the practice run. This is our time of testing. This is our probationary period as humans. And once your spirit leaves your earth suit, which we'll get to in another week or two, you're going to see how what happens is the real life begins in eternity, which is forever. This body that you live in right now might live 120 years, maybe. If the stars align and you do everything right. <laughs> God has some promises for life. But you know what? He's got a number on your days. And all of us are going to depart from this life one day. And we're going to go to the grave until the resurrection. And what happens is we have to frame things this way because death is not the end for us. I think of Gandalf and Pippin sitting in Gondor and they're talking about, you know, and then there's these white shores. No, I don't think it's quite like that. I think you're going to wake up and you're going to be standing in the presence of God and you're either going to be very afraid or you're going to be thrilled. It's kind of either or because there's not too much in between. You're going to be so excited to see your loving God that you've served faithfully looking at you to say well done. And you're going to live forever in the light of that love. Or you're going to be forever away from the light. In John 5, verse 24, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they've already passed from death into life. And I assure you the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice. The voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself and he has granted the same life-giving power to the Son. And he's given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son. Did it say all the dead in their graves? Keep that in mind. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just. Because I carry out the will of the one who sent me and not my own will. Jesus, the light. You know, when light enters the room, it dispels the darkness. In this picture of justice, when the light of God is shining forth, there is nothing that will be hidden. Everything will be revealed when you stand before Christ. Every motive, every misspoken word, every act of disobedience, every act of rebellion, it's all going to be exposed. He's a just judge. For some of you, thank Jesus for his blood that we talked about last week that takes the penalty for our insolence and our rebellion. 
for our mistakes. And in that moment, because of the blood of Jesus, we have mercy and we get to spend eternity in the light of Christ with him. And for others, that won't be the same conversation. In John 17, the Bible says, After saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Isn't that our mission as Christians? God, be glorified so that all the glory can go to you. For you've given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you've given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. Got to pay attention to this. To know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. How are you going to have eternal life? You got to know God. You got to know Jesus. Outside of that, it's not happening. Jesus makes a lot of truth claims about I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The way to have eternal life is to know God, the one true God. Not the false gods, the true God. And Jesus, the one that God, the Father, sent to earth. And then he goes on, he says, I brought you glory here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Let me ask you, Christians, church, fellow saints, fellow believers, are you accomplishing the work that God has called you to do here? Are you fulfilling the mandate and the mission that God has placed on your life? Because that's how we glorify God, by fulfilling the mission that he gave us. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I've revealed you to the ones you gave me from the world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and, you've kept, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those that you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you've given them to me, so they bring me glory. If you belong to Christ, you will live to give him glory. All the glory goes to the king. If you want the glory for yourself, you're not living for the king. Did everyone catch that? If we want the glory for ourselves, and I think so many times Christians have expectations of what it's supposed to look like that aren't realistic. You know, Pastor, I'll pray about it. Okay. How long does it take you to pray and get an answer from God? You know, you're waiting for an angel to come down from heaven with a trumpet on the roof to announce to the world how great you are? Jesus came to earth and God announced how great he was. As we serve him, he gets all the glory. He's the king. And see, we want to spend eternity with the king. We want to spend eternity with Jesus. We want to live eternally with him in the light. Then we have to allow several things to happen inside of our life. We have to allow this process of sanctification where we read the word of God. It exposes sin and darkness. We repent and forsake the sin and darkness and start making changes so that new life will come forth. You know, the Bible gives the picture of pruning. When you cut a tree back, 
The hope is it will produce more fruit. As you deal with the sin in your life, you will produce more fruit. How much fruit are you producing? Because if you're not producing enough fruit, I'm going to suggest to you that you need to crucify your flesh a little more and cut back some more sin. Cut down those branches that are producing dead works and throw them into the fire and let it go. Because we need life from the spirit that's going to produce the life of God, which is going to produce the fruit that we want to see so that God can get the glory in our lives. See, when we're talking about life and death, we have to shift our mindset to heaven's mindset, the eternal mindset, not just the temporary life that we live here now. And too many are stuck on the temporary life and they're not living for eternity, they're living for now. And if that challenges you, good. It should. But now what are you going to do with it when you hear the challenge? Are you going to rise up and become the man and woman of God that God is challenging you to be? And get up and start activating some faith in the direction he's telling you to go in? And be obedient to the call on your life? to the plan that God has for you. Because I assure you, he created you with a purpose. He created you with a very specific design, and he wants you to reflect his glory. So if you're at home, it's, it's a good time to get your elements together. And if you're here with me, you can stand. You know... As we're going into communion, when I was praying for this service, I, I really got a sense that there was a lot of people who are discouraged, they're feeling beaten down and overwhelmed by life that's happening all around them. Some things just aren't working out for you, your employment, um, your relationships, family, just things aren't falling into place like you thought they should. Even the government's not doing what you want them to. COVID's not going away fast enough. And some of you are so distraught and so hopeless right now. But as I was praying, I really felt God said to tell you, you need to start speaking the word of God over your life, over your situation. Stop rehearsing the lies. Get out of fear. Start activating faith and start speaking the truth of the word of God. And this is what's going to transform you and pull you out of the spiral that you're in. Because the enemy wants to bring you down and snuff you out. That's his goal, to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we would have abundant life. The real life. The true life. And you know, then he gave me a verse, Micah 7, 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. For though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness... The Lord will be my light. Fathers, we have the bread in our hand. I thank you that your body was broken. The light that came to the planet Earth took all the darkness on himself. The curse, the sickness and disease, the wrath of God, the judgment of God. The sinless one took all of that on himself to cancel the record of wrong against us, to cancel the death penalty against us, to cancel 
the debt we could never pay. So, Father, we look right now to you, the giver of life, the giver of hope, and let your light shine down upon us. Let your life rise up within us. Let faith arise in the hearts of every man and woman listening today. Father, in your brokenness, you made a way. In the, in the brokenness of Jesus, you made a way for mankind to be restored to hope. So we activate faith in that direction right now and release healing over your people. Supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles over your people right now. Encourage your people. Give them God ideas so that they know which way to go. Direction, guidance. Specific instructions are being downloaded right now. From heaven to earth. In Jesus' name. And the cup, the blood. We talked about the blood last week. It's so powerful. But when the blood of Jesus is applied to our life, we walk in a holiness. We walk in a covenant with the creator God. And we reflect his light. Father, I thank you that your people carry your light. And that they're not ashamed to carry your light into dark places. We ask that your light would find its way into the darkness of men and women's hearts all over our community. Father, for those that don't know you, we pray like Jesus did, that they, that they could come to know you. That Jesus, the one who is love, will reveal himself to each and every one of them. Father, I thank you that people all over our community are having visitations right now. And Jesus is revealing himself to them. And your people are carrying light and they're going to see the light on Jesus and they're going to see the light in his people and they're going to come to find out more. And as your people are obedient to carry the light and to let it shine forth, I thank you that your glory is being revealed to the city, starting in your, the hearts of your people. So, Father, for the covenant we have with you from the blood, we receive forgiveness. We release forgiveness. We receive grace. Father, lift the curse off of your people today. Lift poverty off of your people today and lack. And I thank you that your children are moving into the land of abundance. And that there is no gift deficient in the local body of believers as each person is obedient. In Jesus' name. We need to live life in the light. We need to live for eternity, not just the temporary. We need 
to spend time in God's word and in prayer so that we could build ourselves up in the most holy faith, as the Bible says, so that we can be the sons and daughters of God that he's called us to be. And you have to let your light shine. This is not a time to go into hiding. This is a time to let your your light shine forth brightly. So Father, as we go, I ask right now that you're activating faith and you're revealing to your people the path. You're revealing to your people the mission. You're revealing to your people the hope that you've placed within them and how to take that message of hope to others. How to walk in love to those that are unlovable. How to keep peace in the midst of the storm. And Father, that your children will go forth and Jesus gets all the glory as they do many mighty exploits in your name this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you all. Have the greatest week of your life. We'll look forward to talking to you next time.